Hey everyone, this is your host GV from the Dynasty Rook Podcast. We're going to do a little mix up today and talk about Superflex draft strategy. Um, we did a Superflex recently. Um, myself, Stratton, and Kyle did a Superflex draft where we split the Superflex into a veteran draft and a rookie draft. So on part one of this podcast, um, which will be posted separately, we're going to talk about strategies and Superflex startup leagues and the veteran draft. And then in part two, we will talk about um we will talk about the rookie draft we did and different strategies in superflex rookie drafts so please go ahead and enjoy parts one and or parts two cheers boys cheers cheers virtual nice nice dick with the virtual cheer sound since we're all on, on google hangout Dude, right I now missed it so much <laughs> uh welcome back to the dynasty rook podcast as always i'm your host gv you can find me on twitter at sandy gowdy but my better name is on instagram at gv in the building um i'm the host of the dynasty rook podcast we're here today with the uh, full crew but as always we are joined by our fearless leader, El Presidente, Richard Dick Navis. What's up, Dick? Heyo! Hey. What's up, doing? Dick? Dude, I'm, uh-huh. I'm so bored. This quarantine is going on forever, but we still got to do it. The cases are going up because some idiots aren't following the rules and they're making it worse for everybody else. So we want to give you guys some content, hopefully fill some of your bored times in the car, maybe at home. Hopefully you're staying at home. Um, but let's talk some fantasy football and it's been, it's been a minute, right? Yeah. It's been a long time. Speaking of COVID, we actually had an interesting conversation in our dynasty group chat before we introduce our other two guests, um, today that people should start thinking about, uh, opening up maybe new IR spots or maybe new roster spots because this, it might be week to week. You might lose some people to COVID. So this season is going to be something like we have never seen before. We're all fingers crossed that we're going to get a season. I'm very sad I won't be able to sit in SoFi Stadium all year and watch the Chargers go 16-0. Um, but uh, but nothing to think about. Uh, we're just all happy to be here. It's good to see you guys. Um, good to see you, Dick. Yeah, um, you too. So uh, we got two others on the podcast today. Uh, we have our field correspondent, Stratton Tiny Constantinidis. What's up, Tiny? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to uh, potting after, after a bit of a layoff for me. Oh, yeah. For those of you, I mean, you can't see Stratton on the video chat, but he has a beautiful, beautiful facial hair going on right now. Stratton, how many <laughs> how many months in is that right now? Oh, this is about six months. I got I got, uh, <laughs> I got some solid length right here. Looking good. You look very good. You look distinguished. I'm into it. Thanks for joining today, Tiny. Oh, my pleasure. And finally, our fourth member of the podcast today is our doctor of physical therapy who could tell us about a new series he has out on the Dynasty Rook website and... Um, it's Kyle Chapman. What's up, Kyle? What's up, guys? Good to be back. Kyle, tell us what, about what you've been doing for Dynasty Rook. Well, there's not much to do in the world right now, so I decided to put my talents to use. Um, so I came up with an injury series. Essentially, the point of it is to inform the layman on just common uh, NFL and, and other sports injuries that Otherwise, you wouldn't really care to, to look into and kind of give it some insight as to how it will affect your fantasy rosters, your dynasty rosters, um, if you should be concerned, if you should be looking to pick up uh, other players and in um, place of them. So I started with, you know, the common ones that like Jones fracture, um, 
And it's very relevant now that we just figured out that uh, who just got a Jones fracture? Debo Samuel got it. Um, and I laid out a very nice uh, formatted thing for you online to let you know how long he's going to be out, um, what to expect this year, what to expect next year. Um, and you can always feel free to DM me or send me a tweet. And I'm happy to give you some more insight. Um, What's your Twitter? His Frank injury, hip pointers. What's up? What's your Twitter? Twitter's at Dr. Chap FF. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm basically just trying to inform everyone on, on the common injuries and what to expect. Dude, that injury series is awesome. Right? As soon as it Absolutely. comes out, I read it and I'm like so – I feel so much more informed than I was before. Like you just believe Roto World and all their like misspelled words and you're just like, okay, in two weeks I'll start. But like this is like in-depth, tells you exactly – like how long these guys are going to come back. So that's, it's great work. Definitely check it out on dynastyrick.com. Injuries. And more, and more important than in depth, it breaks it down for the layman like us who have no clue what these injuries are. So we thank Kyle for doing that. Thanks for breaking it down for us plebs. Um, and it's really important stuff, especially because you see people getting these injuries all the time. So be sure to check that out. Um, Dick Navis, I know we got some other stuff uh, that's come out recently on the website. Can you tell us about it? Yes. So we definitely have what everybody wants, and that is rookie rankings. We just sent that out. We got the 2020 rankings for wide receivers just posted. Um, We have also scouting reports on YouTube. So you go on YouTube, you hear the scouting reports for each receiver, and you can watch the highlights at the exact same time. So you know exactly. Shout out what Arun. About. Yeah, shout, shout out, out Arun. Arun for putting us together. Arun uh, at Arun Askana on Twitter. He has a lot of good content. He's always getting out hot takes. Be sure to follow him and yeah. follow the content he's putting out on YouTube. The hot take messiah at Arun Astana. And he's doing a great job on YouTube. These videos are fantastic. Sit back, watch the highlights, listen to us, give a scouting report on each guy. Um, also on YouTube, we, we just got on YouTube, so definitely check it out. Subscribe on there so you don't miss the latest videos. Um, we did the Dynasty Rook League rookie draft live on YouTube. So you can see a whole rookie draft with live trades and everything going through that. Um, and then we got a couple new articles, five bold predictions by Karn at Dynasty Karn. Dynasty draft strategy, which is a huge one. Um, by the commissioner of the Dynasty Rook League, Junior. Um, so if you're looking at rookie draft strategies, that's the place to go. And then again, the injury series by our very own Dr. Kyle Chapman. Beautiful. We have so much content. Be sure to check us out. I know you guys all have time on your hands, so be sure to check us out. Let us know what you like. Let us know what content you want because we're more than happy to put together stuff that 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 the people want, all you people from Canada and all you people from Minnesota listen to us Um we're happy to put together the content that's helpful for our users. Um, I just want to plug one more thing. I know we're having, we're in the process of creating a dynasty rook listener league uh, where we'll be auctioning off spots to enter that league. And the winner of that league each year will join the dynasty rook league and the loser of the dynasty rook league will go down into the no listener. Way. League. So uh, there's some interesting stuff coming out. Um, it'll be Relation. a chance for some free prizes and we'll set chance for, We'll introduce that league in uh, July first. So you didn't, you didn't hear. I just act like you didn't hear anything, guys. But if you did hear that, you got a a first. You know, early bird gets the worm. So you definitely might have a chance to get in that league if you start loading up and be ready for that on July first. 
Well, cat's out the box, but if you've listened to Addison Rook content, I'm pretty sure we promoted it. But it's all right. Moving on. Uh, all right. So Huge today. for the winner also. But oh, that's we'll the secret. That. That's a big yeah. secret. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. A little tease. Nice little tease. You're getting good at this podcasting thing, Nick. <laughs> um, all right. So today we're going to do something a little different. I know we do. We're a dynasty, dynasty Rook, obviously. So we do a lot of rookie content. But Kyle Stratton and I just joined our first ever Superflex League, and it's a dynasty league. So we had our draft about a week or two weeks ago. We split it up into a veterans draft and a rookie draft. Both drafts were snake. If you had the one, if you have the number one pick in the startup draft, you have the number twelve pick in the rookie draft, and you could trade picks, things like that. The format of this league, it's they're very deep rosters. It's twenty four. It was a twenty four round startup draft. Uh, you have one QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end. Uh, full super flex, so you can start a QB, running back, tight end, or wide receiver, and one flex position, running back, wide receiver, or tight end, and then a defense, no kickers. Uh, we're playing PPR in this league, and we have uh, tight end premium as well. So we decided to make this le- league with all the bells and whistles, and it's definitely, definitely a different strategy. Well, um, don't forget, uh, GV, don't forget the the little bit of a scoring twist. Um for for this league, we have uh, quarterbacks passing touchdowns are four points, receiving touchdowns are five points, and rushing touchdowns are six points. So it definitely adds a you know a bit of a weighting to each position, um, which makes it interesting and made the draft very interesting, which we're gonna kind of go into here. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it was definitely fun to do for your first time because you see draft strategies change completely. We'll get into this later. Whether people want to take quarterbacks early, whether you want to wait for the quarterback run and pick the quarterback of, there. I'm in a draft right now, Superflex, and I'm deciding between Robert Woods and Cortland Sutton. Who do I take? GV go. Cortland Sutton, dude. What, what? Dynasty? Redraft. 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 Oh, redraft. Robert. No, Robert You're Woods. Just Drew Luck. I would take Robert no, Woods. No, no. Okay. I thought it was Redraft. Dynasty. All right, I'm I thought it was Robert Dynasty. Woods. Yep. All right. Cool. Look at Thank Dick you, Navis multitasking. All right. So, uh, one little just wrinkle in here. We had a cool way to decide draft order here. Uh, if any of you guys have ever played the horse racing carnival game where you throw the balls and you get them in and the horses go, we played an online version of this. Unfortunately, my horse was not a sea biscuit and I ended up with one of the later picks. I think, Kyle, you, you did pretty well, right? You ended up picking the 12th spot. Yeah. I think we came in like fifth or sixth in the, in the horse race. So, tell, tell, us, tell us about. So you picked the 12th spot in the draft, which is the final. This is a 12-man league. You picked the 12th spot in the draft, so you're going to have the number one spot in the rookie draft. Take us a little bit through how you initially think quickly how you thought about drafting here in the Superflex so League. I'm actually kind of splitting it with someone. I'm in so many dynasty leagues, I didn't want to take it on myself. But we, we chatted, and um, we were debating between going early or late, and we, we figured that – You mean quarterbacks, right? No, I'm talking oh, yeah, about picks, like the sorry. order because I got to pick where we were drafting. Um, and we just made the call that if we just take the last pick, we can get two really top-end players like, you know, pick 12 and pick 13. And then we just have a lot of leeway with having the first pick of the, the rookie draft because I can go, I mean, say QBs fall to us, then I could end up taking, you know, like Edward Hilaire or Jonathan Taylor or – if, you know, we take a quarterback early and we just kind of don't really reach for a quarterback and just play the draft out how it is, then we have Joe Burrow sitting there waiting for us. Um, and it ended up working out beautifully in the draft. Took a quarterback early and then kind of just played it out, filled out all our other positions, and then ended up with Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, you and I were talking about that, right? You, you were expecting, you know, to go Joe Burrow or Clyde, depending on how the draft went. And... We're talking about Joe Burrow is 
just the man. He's the best quarterback. He's still underrated. And I think he at Dynasty, he's definitely worth number one overall pick in Superflex. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into that. We're going to talk about our rookie draft a little later, too. So I think Kyle took a strategy knowing that he had the number one pick in the rookie draft, that he could get a quarterback early, get a quarterback a little later, and kind of play around. And we'll, and we'll, we'll talk about Kyle's team and see what he did there. Um, Stratton, I think you and I took similar strategies here. I believe we were the seventh and eighth pick or the eighth and ninth pick. I, I, I had the ninth pick. So my horse came in second. So I had the second. Um, what we did is, you know, the results of the horse race gave us the order at which we could pick our uh, – which pick slot we wanted in the startup draft so i had the, the the second choice of which pick to go and i went with pick nine um you know i i i struggle i've, I've been at the end of drafts and startup drafts and i struggle with watching you know 22 picks happen in between my picks um so i didn't want to go all the way to the end uh because you know I was, I was i had a similar idea of kyle as you know taking the turn there um but i figured if i was going to take the nine pick i would still you know have a couple picks fairly close together, and then I would get a top four pick in um, in the the rookie draft, which would you know if again just like Kyle said, if I needed a quarterback, I knew Joe would be gone at that time, but I could look at someone like Tua, or if I was uh, running back needy, then I could go with you know one of those top three running backs because again Joe would be off the board. I think at, at four, I think that was just a given in a superflex rookie league. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think it sounds like it. I would tend to agree with you that we liked the way in the Superflex startup draft where we split up the vets and rookies. Do we all do we all agree there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it gave us some flexibility there. Yeah, and I think it, it makes more interesting because you, if you're playing in Dynasty League, you love rookie drafts, so that's what we love. Um, so that's that's the draft. Those are the kind of strategies we started with initially. Um, we're gonna do a little case study of a few teams, but generally, I think the couple strategies in in super flex leagues are as follows: you would the first strategy is to go get your quarterbacks early because quarterbacks will generally gonna even with four point touchdowns, quarterbacks are gonna score more than position players. So you go get your two quarterbacks early. And then you kind of just go from the pickings um, on the rest of the positions. It's easier to do those strategies when you're at the beginning of the draft or the end of the draft because you have less time to react to quarterback runs, things like that. You just got to go get your guys. Um, another strategy is waiting and seeing when the quarterback run hits. When the quarterback run hits, you go get one guy and then you maybe wait a little bit later. So you're stocking up on position players and making sure that you're stacking yourself at those less deep positions. Um the third strategy is kind of when you're in 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 the middle of the draft, kind of where me and Stratton were. So the way I did it was you kind of rank where the last quarterback you would really want, be comfortable having on your team is. And then when you see quarterbacks going, you make sure you get two guys before that spot. So, uh, I mean, my team ended up with Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But those are the kind of different strategies um, of how you can go into a super flex draft. So we thought it'd be helpful to do a little case study of certain teams and see how these teams played out. Um, Kyle, I believe you're going to do um, a case study of our Dynasty Rook League uh, commissioner's team, uh, Junior Ortega. He had the number two pick in the super flex uh, veteran draft, and he went quarterback very early. So Kyle, you want to tell us a little bit about Junior's team and how you think it worked out and how you think that strategy of going quarterback in the first round at 102 worked. Yeah, so um, Junior started, the first pick was Christian McCaffrey. So sitting there at two, I mean, you're really deciding between Barkley, Jackson, and Mahomes. Um, he went with Mahomes. Um, what I didn't see is that he made a trade, actually. So this has actually worked out really nicely for him. So he made a trade. Um, he gave away his third round pick for 
Um, a second, an early second round pick, and he gave up his third and his seventh rounder, which is great, right? Because it allows him to stock up on position players after he goes goes in the first round with that. Exactly. With so I didn't see this at first, and, I, and this was actually made his team work out better. So the the wraparound, he had the two point two. He took Josh Jacobs there. So now he has a good. Um, he's got a starting running back for the future. And Kyle, you think that's Kyle? You think that's important, right? Because the running backs, I would say, are the are the the position with the least depth in the league, right? You have to get your running backs early. So if you take a quarterback, it's I feel like it's pretty crucial to take a quarterback early. It's pretty crucial to stock up on running back right after, right? Oh, absolutely, and that, that's what I didn't see at first. I thought he didn't pick a, a running back till the fifth round. And I was like, whoa, he's in he's in big trouble. But he he picked that running back in the second round, which which now gives him that flexibility because. The first, I'd say, the first five rounds is you're going to get your maybe six from what I'm looking at. You're picking, you're getting a starting running back. After that, it's it's it gets pretty dicey. So he goes with Josh Jacobs there, the second pick, which I'm not huge on Josh Jacobs yet, but that's that's preference. It's a good dynasty he pick. Josh though. Jacobs. He took Josh Jacobs, which is good, and then he went with Kenny Galladay at, to wrap around and finish the second round off. Um, I'm okay with Kenny all day. Not too exciting. And then he went but for at, his... At that point, right. So, I mean, he he took Kenny, which is a little bit of reach there. But if you take this strategy, you still have guys like Juju on the board. You have OBJ on the board. You have Mike Evans on the board. So, if you can if you, if you you can do this in a startup draft and get a quarterback in the first round and then kind of finagle your way into second round picks, this strategy could work for you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely say that that the trade was big for him. If he didn't do that trade, he would have he would have been looking more at with that second round pick. If if he's going running back, he's looking more at now. He's looking at a Leonard Fournette, Eckler, Drake, um, so or Aaron Jones. So it's not necessarily bad running back options. But if you're looking for a running back of your future, those guys are getting a little bit older. So he, he moved up, traded up, and got Josh Jacob, who's very young, going into his second year with a lot of promise and upside. So now he has some more flexibility. Went and got Kenny Galladay, which still has a pretty good flexibility. Now he's got one of every position. And then he didn't have a pick till the fourth round now because he traded his third. Fourth round, he went Matt Ryan. So this is interesting, right? He decides to double up on quarterback here and solidify that right off the bat. There's guys on the board. The guys on the board still here are like Allen Robinson, Kenyon Drake, DJ Chark, Julio, Cooper Cup. But he decides to double up on quarterback here. What do you think there, Kyle? You know, it's it's tough because I've never done super flex before, but it seems like this league, it doesn't value quarterbacks quite as much. Um I mean, he had guys like David Montgomery, Debo, Terry. I mean, guys like you were talking about. And there's plenty of quarterback talent. So this is somewhere I probably would have gone a little differently. But, I mean, again, it's not a, it's not a bad pick. It's, it's now a strategy because now he could just not worry about quarterback till like deep, deep late for his, his backup there. Um, and then the next round he goes David Montgomery. Which which is nice. And now he has two second year running backs, so those those guys will likely be there for another solid two three years, unless barring some unforeseen things. And that's the that's the one hundred one and the one hundred two of last year's rookie Jeff, right? So he's stacked there and at quarterback. Yeah. So he's at, he so he's in, he's in a good spot there. Now we're still a little light on the on the wide receiver, but 
He wraps around again and goes Darren Waller, which is good. This is a super flex. So, I mean, the tight end's a pretty important position. With tight end premium. Yeah, so it's tight end premium. And so he, you got, you can argue he's definitely one of the top eight tight ends in the league right now. He got to heavily targeted by, by the Raiders uh, last year. We don't know how that'll change with the new incoming guys, but he got a good, I mean, he got a good, good player there. But then he doesn't have another pick till the eighth round because he traded that seventh round pick and he got carry on Johnson. And then this is where it kind of goes. It kind of goes deeper and deeper from there. But yeah. So through eight rounds, good. Sorry. So you can see that, I mean, he went heavy on the the quarterback and running back and now he's, he's going to be reaching for the wide receiver. And so that's kind of the choice you got to make there. Yeah, so I, from looking at and, and Stratton Dick, I'd love to get your quick thoughts on this. Uh, looking at the way he did, I'm okay with the Mahomes pick at two in a Superflex League because you get 12 years of Mahomes just dominating. But uh, but I think if you go quarterback early, you can really wait on that second quarterback. There's no need to really rush and get two guys, especially in a four-point four touchdown league. I think you can that fourth-round pick may be better spent on a running back or a wide receiver um, who's going to be on your team for 10 years when uh, you can pick up quarterbacks later. Dick, any totally thoughts? Totally disagree. Thoughts? I think going to with Patrick Mahomes, great pick. And then getting another quarterback in Matt Ryan, these are starters on your roster. Um, yeah, running backs and receivers, but quarterbacks, even with four-point touchdowns, in Superflex, quarterbacks are so important. I remember you and I played Superflex before. I think we traded like Josh Rosen for Mark Ingram. Like, especially in these Superflex leagues when you don't have very much experience playing Superflex, quarterbacks are going to be so valuable later in the season that you're going to be able to either flip them or, as Junior did, if you draft two of these quarterbacks, they're going to be starters for the entire year. And to get 20 points in fantasy, you only need like 220 yards passing, two touchdowns. That's a lot harder for other positions to get those 20 points. So you want that in your starting lineup. Um, I love going quarterback early. I don't like going uh, heavy running back early. So we'll get in. We'll get into my favorite strategy when I when I get to my favorite team. No, Dick, you're to- you're totally right about the value of quarterbacks. We've seen this even quarterbacks like Nick Foles. The trade value is through the roof in superflex leagues. So if you don't get one or you don't get one in the draft, it's hard to get one later. That's just one thing you. That, it's a, that's the reality of superflex leagues. Um, so that's that's the kind of view of going uh, quarterback early. Stratton, you want to tell us a little bit about going quarterback early, maybe, and then quickly get into your uh, your next yeah. dra- draft strategy case study. Yeah. Um, well, this this will kind of the these will kind of tie in together. So, just addressing Dick's point is, you, you know, well, GV first. You made a point the fact that you know even where passing touchdowns like in this league are weighted at uh, a little less than you know rushing and receiving touchdowns, the trade value of quarterbacks is massive. I mean, people, you know, I, I came out of the draft a little weak at quarterback, and people have been trying to. You know, I've been trying to make moves for quarterbacks, and and the prices that I'm just seeing for them are, are absolutely ridiculous, even for QB threes. But at the same time, the way I look at this a little bit, again, because we have six-point rushing touchdowns and four-point passing touchdowns, and you look at the projected points for a lot of these players, if you come out of the draft with four RB1s or three RB1s, starting, you know, obviously it's an advantage to, to be starting a quarterback in that super flex spot, but starting an RB1 in that super flex spot 
is is will get you similar or same amount of points. Obviously, it puts you puts you at a detriment because you're you're taking that spot where you could have used that RB one for a regular flex. But at the same time, it's not as damaging, at least in my opinion, when the scoring is weighted as it is in this league. Um, so you're good, yeah, that, go. that's just the point I wanted to make, and that that kind of tied in with my strategy about. Um, you know, going running back early and then hitting, you know, I took my first uh, quarterback in the fifth round at Matthew Stafford. Um, and, you know, I, again, I did come out, my, my starters are Stafford and Derek Carr. I did come out a little weak at quarterback, but, you know, having those two studs and then picking up another running back in the rookie draft, I think still makes my team very strong and very competitive in this league. Yeah. yeah and then, uh, uh, and- I'd like to play a little devil's advocate on Dick, how he talks about how quarterbacks are so valuable and that you should get your, get it early. But picture, you know, getting a running back or a wide receiver at that four spot and then waiting till the ninth round, five rounds later and getting a Derek Carr. He's going to be extremely valuable too. And you could argue he could have a season similar to Matt Ryan and his value will be similar because he's so much younger. And so if you can get a guy like Le'Veon Bell there or, or Kenyon Drake instead of Ryan and then also get Montgomery, could you three running backs and then you can go and swoop in a Derek Carr or a Garoppolo or Daniel Jones or Jared Goff multiple rounds later. No, I, so gotta, I, I think weigh that out. Yeah, I think what we're getting here is is almost more important than taking quarterbacks at a position in the draft is making sure you're getting quarterbacks you're comfortable with in the draft because the trade value is so high for the and so inflated in these super flex leagues. If you leave a draft and you're not happy at quarterback or at least don't have people that are serviceable, then you're really in trouble, right? Because you really have to fight to trade for people. So not necessarily that you need to take two quarterbacks early, but you need to make sure you know at least the last quarterback you'd be willing to take. Because once you get below that, if you end up with a Sam Darnold and 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 Taysom Hill, then you're in really in trouble because we know quarterbacks get hurt and we know the value is high. So I, I you you evaluate your strategy from there. There's a lot of different ways to go, but you definitely need to definitely need to make sure that once you leave the draft, you're okay if these quarterbacks are going to be the quarterbacks on your roster for the rest of the year. I think that's the important thing to take away from this, um, from this first case study. Um, Dick, you want to do a little case study for us? Yeah. Of a team? Yeah. Tell us who you're doing, where they, where they picked and how they drafted. Yeah. So I, I love Taylor's draft. Um, it definitely goes along with my strategy in Superflex leagues. Um, so this has worked out for me. I only lost one, uh, actually two games last year, and one of them was a championship, so that really hurt. Um, but 70% of the time, no running back strategy works every time. So I love going receiver and quarterback early. He Tell goes, us what pick he had. So he had the sixth overall pick. So he took Michael Thomas, the first receiver off the board, full PPR. So like when you're doing – uh, like dynasty fantasy football strategy, it's all about the scoring. You're going head to head about the scoring, not ex- not necessarily the players. When you do standard and six point touchdowns, that's like the real scoring. But when things are full PPR and super flex, Michael Thomas at six, great addition to the team. Well, he's gonna M- have Michael Thomas. Catches. Yes, Michael Thomas had he's led the league in targets the last two years and receptions. Right, yeah. so that's like like you said, a great pick there. Yeah, you're going to get 100 points just on the amount of catches he has. Um, and then second round, he comes back with Deshaun Watson. Um, I think it was a great pick. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, and Dak went before him. So he's probably like the 
third or fourth quarterback in Superflex. And then DJ Moore, who's a PPR monster. And especially and DJ Moore is getting talk as as yeah. getting talk some places as the number one wide receiver in Dynasty. So the DJ Moore pick yeah. in the third round here is a steal. Yeah, especially PPR because Teddy Bridgewater loves to. He, he's a quick get it out of his hands quick, quick release. Um, he's not going to throw it downfield, and that's perfect for DJ Moore. That's perfect for PPR. Fourth round comes back and gets Baker Mayfield, who we all love. He had a sophomore slump. That's fine. He's Baker Mayfield. He has Odell. He has Jarvis. He has Njoku. He has Austin Hooper. He has Nick Chubb. He has Kareem Hunt. I could go on and on. But then he comes back, finally gets a running back, and it's Le'Veon Bell. Like, he gets the rock. He's going to get the volume, and he has the PBR points. So this is the strategy here, right, Dick? If you you wait till the fifth to take a running back, you go for a guy who's maybe a bit older, but he's a guy who you know can slot, and if he's healthy, can slot in, and he can give you the volume, and he can be a starting running back. I think that's the move here. If you're going to wait for the fifth to take a running back, you can't go with a rookie guy. You have to go with someone who's going to be at least a proven starter at some point. Yeah, I, and I, I agree uh, with that. I think I think one of the biggest things, just quickly on Bell, is you know what New York has done with that offensive line in the offseason. Obviously, Bell, you know, sat out a year and he struggled with um, efficiency the last couple of years, but. Everything they've done, the pieces they've added, um, it's just it's a great uh, it's a great setup for Bell to to have a bounce back year. Yeah, I agree. Great pick at fifth into the offensive line. He's a run mauler, so it's just going to work out good for Le'Veon. They added a lot. They added this is why I'm hot. Shout out Anton for the nickname. This is why I'm hot. Denzel Mims. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, but sorry. We'll get, continue. Um, so continue after he on. gets his top running back, um, he kind of went on a tight end run, um, which is okay because it's tight end premium. Again, it's all about the scoring. Uh, Hunter Henry of Chargers, and then Devin Singletary, which I love more than Zach Moss. I know there's a lot of Zach Moss love out there, but Devin Singletary is the man. Michael, the Gallen, man, which is a great player, and I think CD does take his value down a little bit, but people are still really high on Gallup, so I could take that. And then Dallas and Gallup and Gallup could be in a better situation very soon too. Right. There's no guarantee he'll be on the Cowboys. Yeah, and then Dallas Goddard, uh, Mike Gesicki, and then in the twelfth round, Tevin Coleman. The Raheem Mostert love is unbelievable right now. You're he's not the starter. Tevin Coleman is the starter. Raheem Mostert is Jag, and I love Tevin Coleman. So I like that he got Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman, two starters. And then we're going to get into the rookie draft later. He had a plan for that. So Taylor just followed the plan. Um, he got top quarterbacks. He got top receivers. He got good tight ends. And that's what the scoring is all about in Superflex in this league. Yeah, I think Taylor's draft was pretty successful. I think he went to, he went two quarterbacks in the first four rounds, but he... Got his receiver value early in a stud in Michael Thomas. Got another stud in Dynasty and DJ Moore, and then he backed it up with with a with the proven running back. Maybe not a great great Dynasty asset, but a good asset for the next three four years. So I, I think Taylor is very successful here. Uh, before we move on to the next case study, uh, we, we talked briefly. He goes tight end in the sixth round. Um, this is tight end premium again, so one point five points per catch. The first tight end off the board was George Kittle at 111 and then we have two wide receivers take two sorry two tight ends taken in the third kelsey and mark andrews evan ingram in the fourth zach Ertz in the fifth um can you guys just give me your thoughts on tight end premium and how 
and how you value taking it. Obviously, a guy like Kittle and Kelsey and even Mark Andrews, like those guys yeah. are going to be studs. Exactly. But is it? do you think it's worth the value for giving up on those positions yes. like wide receiver running back? Actually, because we're going head-to-head with people. You'd not, you don't necessarily want the most amount of points you can get. You want more points than your opponent. So I think if you can get those top four tight ends, like you mentioned, Kittle, Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and I think Darren Waller's in that conversation with 90 catches last year. If you can get those guys, you have a huge advantage over your opponents. Um, and I think you can wait on any tight end after that going down. I think Zach Ertz is diminished with Dallas Goddard coming up. Um, everything else is kind of like a grab. But if you could get one of those top four guys, it's definitely worth it in the early rounds. I can't believe Travis Kelsey lasted until the third round at the seventh pick. Especially he had, like, what, 93 catches last year and a 1.5 premium. That's 150 points for just catching the football. So I, th- I think that's that, that. those are my thoughts on tight end. And, and we see how this strategy works, right? Similar to how we talked about how Junior went. 102 Patrick Mahomes and then traded for another first round pick to get a position player. Kevin did a similar thing, but he didn't go quarterback. He goes McCaffrey at number one and then trades again into the first round because he's already gotten a running back and then he goes Kittle. So I think if you're in a startup draft and you have those first round picks, if you want to do quarterback or a tight end, it, it behooves you to go and get an extra pick early in the rounds because that allows you to stock up at the top of your roster and then you got to find pieces at the bottom. The bottom's all about the research you've done and kind of your faith you have in guys. So if you want to take risks in the top, don't be scared to go get another top round pick and trade some later round picks. I think that's a very important point to make here. But uh, I agree with you. The Taylor strategy was nice here. He gets a pretty solid roster here and he has serviceable running running backs taking in, in the fifth and seventh round with Le'Veon and Devin Singletary. Um, Stratton, do you have a team two case study for us? Yeah, I'd actually, I'd like to talk about, um, we've already touched on a little bit, but, but Kyle's team. Um, I just, I really like what he did, you know, having, having, you know, that, that 12th pick that those two picks back to back, uh, on the turn each round. Um, and, and I just really like how his team, you know, other than my team, I think he's the second best team in the league right now. Um, so I, you know, I like what he did. I, I was surprised Kyler Murray lasted until twelve, um, but then he went. You know, he, he had some solid picks. He picked Tyreek Hill. He picked Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was fantastic last year. Um, a lot of people see Aaron Jones losing touches uh, to some rookies uh, this year, but I don't see that at all. I think Aaron Jones is just a stud. He nabs Calvin Ridley. Um, he picks up Todd Gurley, who I think is another great pick, and then. Um, you know, rounds out kind of his starting receivers with Robert Woods and Adam Thielen, who, uh, I mean, I'm a huge Robert Woods fan, and I'm surprised he lasted until the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Thielen is a little bit more of a wild card after he struggled last year. Um, but, you know, after getting Kyler Murray, um, if he lives up to the hype, he's got his second uh, his second spot with Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill um, who, you know, regardless of how you feel about him, whether last year was an outlier, they just paid the man. So you know he's going to be starting at least for the next couple of years, barring some complete meltdown. So, um, and don't forget his don't forget his number one rookie pick. So he he knows that he has that in his back mm-hmm. pocket. Exactly, exactly. And he takes Joe Burrow with number one overall in the rookie draft. So, you know that really rounds out that position. I think he handled that really well. Um, and then after Jones and Gurley, he picks up Mark Ingram, who maybe has a year or two of, of really RB one production. Um, and and then and then rounds out the back of his roster well. So I just I really liked, um, you know. 
the strategy he had there. I, I think, you know, Kyler falling to him was a bit of a blessing. Um, and then he was able to play off that just really well uh, with the type of scoring we have in this league. Yeah, I, I think I think looking at Kyle's team, again, his team is Kyler, Tyreek, Aaron Jones. This is an order he took them. Kyler, Tyreek, Aaron Jones. Um, sorry, I have a pop up here. Todd Gurley. Robert Woods. Can we talk about Robert Woods in the sixth round? The guy had 90 yeah. catches last year, and they got rid of Cooks. The guy's the man. I, I didn't like him in Buffalo, and he he literally like forced me to change my mind. I traded for him last year, and he won me a championship. The guy is just he, – he forced me to love him, and the sixth round, that's a steal. No, that's a, that's a great pick, and this kind of goes to what I was going to say about um, Kyle's team. Kyle's team, the way he did it, it's all about balance. He got Kyler. He got Tyreek. He got Aaron Jones. He got Calvin. He got Todd Gurley. He got Robert Woods. He got Thielen. He got Tannehill. And then he's got a guy, Mark Ingram, in the 10th round. So Kyle has a very, very well, well-balanced draft. So if you have an opportunity to pick in, in, and pick your spot in the Superflex startup, I mean – 12's not bad, right, Kyle? You like it there. Yes, it was good. Um, if you noticed, you guys haven't mentioned tight end. So I am a little bit down on the tight end position. Um, I, I made a trade in the, in the eighth round is when I went tight end. Um, I knew who I wanted to get, and I knew he was probably going to fall a little bit. So I traded away my eighth round pick and, and gained a few picks there, and I went Higby in the middle of the eighth. I know Dick's not a huge fan. Jailed but, Everett. But if you counted the last five weeks of the season, I mean, he had the most historic five weeks in the history of the NFL for tight end position. I don't care what Everett does when he comes back. There's no way you can deny the guy. The do I smell Do I smell a D-Gen bet coming yes. here? Higby yes, versus... versus Everett. All right, what's the bet? Jersey? More fantasy points this year? I don't know if I want a Higby jersey. I don't know if I'm going to that far. But, but I'll, I will do a jersey bet. Okay. Of our choosing. Of our choosing. All right. Higby over Everett. Barring – do are we barring injuries or are we saying if someone gets injured, so be it? Uh, Yeah. We I mean, that's a, the whole thing, right? We should right? do a 10-game minimum. If one of them gets injured, the other one's going to win, right? So should we do – How about this? 10-game minimum – Tight end premium point scoring, most fantasy points this year, Higby versus Gerald Everett for a jersey of your choosing. Are you in? Let's do it. Deal. All right. You're, you're here on the Superflex pod getting D-Gen bets. Hey, Shatton, I'm still waiting for my D.D. Westbrook jersey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's in the mail. I'm waiting for my chart jersey, but that's besides the point. And then I went to, I got, I traded up and got another tight end that I'm huge on this offseason is John U. Smith. I got him in the 11th round, traded up. Um, I think that he could bump up into that top t- eight tight end position for, for Dynasty. And so I didn't, didn't have to give too much up to trade up nine picks. So I went with him and then I just stashed up on a bunch of uh, tight ends very late in the draft and, if one of those can hit over the next few years, then I'm set. Yeah, tight end's a position, right? You either go early or you wait. I mean, there's no need to get stuck in the middle with tight ends. There's just there's a lot of rookie tight ends too who who vie for spots. If you if you go for one early, don't don't get stuck in the middle on tight ends. Go big or wait and not go home, but go home with some some ones that you're happy with. 
Yeah, I liked um, I, I liked uh, I liked Kyle's strategy there, and and I like both of those. That Higby pick, I'm I'm also high on Higby and the Johnny Smith pick. I think are both um, solid late round picks in this draft, and I, I think you know guys you're taking a shot on, you're going to get some risk. But if they're your guys and you feel strongly about them, then um, then it's it's a good strategy to take. I wasn't planning. I was planning on doing something similar to Kyle, but I saw Evan Ingram in the fourth there, and I just thought there was too much um, talent there to pass up. And then I waited until the twelfth to hit that position again and picked up Eric Ebron, who you know he's an up and down guy, but he's a great red zone threat. Um, we've already seen uh, Vance McDonald is not the guy in Pittsburgh, um, despite you know numerous opportunities he's had. So you know I'm hoping you know pairing those guys together will, will give me some good produ- production at that position. It's definitely, definitely, definitely a different strategy. And I'm glad we joined the Superflex Dynasty League this year because it, it it throws some wrenches in the mix. It makes you think a little bit more. It allows players to drop further. I get a guy like Hopkins in the second round. It just allows for a lot of different strategies. So, I mean, I think the best way to approach Superflex drafts is understand the strategies, the strategy of going quarterback early, understand of waiting for runs, understand where you are picking in the draft, whether you can easily react to runs. Um, of Cause that's what happens with quarterbacks and tight ends. If there's if quarterbacks value is inflated, then a run of quarterbacks will start to happen. It's kind of like a defense run in a normal league. So I think it's understanding your strategy, understanding where you're picking in the league and understanding who really are your bottom level players that you're willing to start at each position. I think those are the kind of three things you should evaluate and they're different answers for everyone, but you need to make sure you're thinking about these. You can't go into super flex draft blind. Yeah. And I, and I think another big thing in the strategy is be prepared to have to change your strategy. I mean, if someone zigged, you got a zag. If someone's going through straight quarterbacks, don't just get scared and, and go for a quarterback. I mean, switch it up, figure it out later. You know, you're going to have some time around the, the round to, to figure out what you're doing, but but don't just jump right into it, you know, just be prepared. To, I mean, I wasn't prepared to go quarterback or tight end in the eighth round, but that's just kind of how things fell. You, you could keep yourself composed and just and figure out your strategy as you go. That's why your prior research is so important in these leagues. You got to know what players at what positions you're willing to be your last resort. And you have to know what those last resorts are. And when you get close to those last resorts, you got to pull triggers because as we've seen in this league, and I'm sure we're going to see through this year and we'll update you throughout the year on the dynasty rook podcast. um, You'll see that the tight ends are going to be hard to trade for and the quarterbacks are going to be even harder to trade for. So, um, thanks for doing the preview of this draft guys. Um, We're going to do Dick. You have a last comment for us. Yeah, I just want to know who your third receiver is and who you picked in the eighth round. Who are you talking to? Uh, I think everyone. So, I mean, GV, for me, GV, my third my third receiver. In the eighth oh. round? Hey, he's actually my fourth receiver, but you know he's really nice. my third receiver. The unicorn. Preston you can introduce him, Dick. Williams. Dick, I got him. In, I got him in the eighth round, and I almost traded that pick just because there was so much value. Because Dynasty Rook was obviously the first one on Preston Williams, and everyone wanted him, and everyone knew where I was going with that pick. So I almost traded that pick, but I don't own any Preston shares, and I'm the host of the Dynasty Rook podcast. You have to, and I trust in my president because I've seen the results. So remember, don't follow the narrative. Follow Dynasty Rook. Love All right, it. thanks everyone for joining us. This is going to be part one of our Superflex podcast. We're going to go through on part two the rookie draft we did 
and uh, do a little breakdown here and see how Superflex strategy changes in rookie drafts. This has been another episode of the Dynasty Rook podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dynasty Rook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dynasty Rook. All content is available on DynastyRook.com and we will see you in the future. The future, Pacquiao!